morning in progress. Progress. Oh my god. It's, 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 like, it's like totally recording. Oh my god. Okay. I hear, I hear they are casting for the new Barbie film. Right, <laughs> right then. We're here. We're back. Been a couple of weeks. Well, be more it, than that. But... Yeah. And as you can tell, there is a slight decrease in our production value this week. Entirely Dan's fault. Yeah, I'm, be- I'm between properties, so I will suffer with some Bluetooth headphone quality. Yes, but you know, well, you can still hear me, and and for that you should be grateful. Mm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so Halloween is is upon us. It might even be the today if this goes the out today, on Halloween, which would make perfect the, sense. It could indeed be the today. Um, so let's let's go with horror themed week. Um, oh. Like strictly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I guess let, let's just let's just crack well, on. Let, let's let's jump in. So you and I bond is too strong a word, but oh, yeah. you and I have had good discussions about horror films in mm-hmm. the sealed but Blu-ray Slack in, mm-hmm. uh, DMs and whatever. Yep. And we talked a lot about our horror influences here on the Culture Trumpet Podcast. Yeah. So. I guess start at the beginning. What what do you look for? Because basically, what we're going to do is look for our top pick Halloween watches. Yeah. If you're lucky, there's a horror theme quiz. Yes. But... Or or depending on your point of view, if you're unlucky, there's a horror theme quiz. <laughs> yeah. Which me, I'm unlucky. So, <laughs> what's your background in horror? So, what what were you looking for when you? What do you look for for a horror film now? What were some of your favourites growing up, and and what okay. got you into genre? Right. Background, I grew up during the Video Nasties hysteria in the 80s. Right. So while I wasn't particularly a fan of horror in terms of seeking it out, I was kind of, even at a young age, completely mystified by this whole Video Nasties thing. Well, maybe um, I think start a bit, I think some of our listeners may want a bit more context. What okay. was the Video Nasties era other than the 80s? So, well, basically what happened, go back to the late 70s, home video was taking off, right? And obviously, it was a huge market that exploded almost out of nowhere. Home video distributors were keen to get their hands on just anything they could just to fill demand, right? Whether it was old movies, like old Hollywood movies, or maybe outside copyright. Obviously, the studios were there releasing their big blockbusters, but so many independents sprung up just after anything they could get their hands on. And at the time, in the UK... For a film to be shown in a cinema, it had to have a rating, right? Right. The, whatever they were at the time, A, X rated, whatever they were. On home video, there was no legal requirement for a film to have a, a certificate for home video release, which meant these independents could go out and just get anything from anywhere in terms of sex, violence, rock and roll, gore, whatever, rock and roll, and just release it without having to go via the BBFC. Now, the BBFC is, is different. For, for those in America, there's obviously the MPA who give films ratings. But in America, you can release films unrated. It doesn't happen very often, but legally, you can release films without a rating in America. In the UK, that's not the case, except in very special circumstances uh, for kind of film club stroke educational purposes or perhaps a festival limited showing where it might be a one-off for, you know, those kind of critiquing purposes, right? Mm. Generally speaking in the UK, if it doesn't have a certificate, it's not getting shown. Anyway. Okay, thank you. That didn't apply on home video in the late 70s and early 80s, which meant there was stuff like the stuff you've heard of, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox, these kind of, you know, cheap, extremely violent, slasher movies from mm-hmm. from from America from Europe you know all all over the world were being released and what happened was they obviously you know they were starting to get complaints or pe- certain people were complaining the press newspapers and, and MPs who wanted to make a name for themselves plus a change right <laughs> were kind of kicking up a fuss right. and the they couldn't be withdrawn or banned under any kind of film-related legislation, but they could be prosecuted under the Obscene Publications Act. 
<laughs> right, okay. as liable to cause, liable to deprave and corrupt. Something like that was the wording, right? So what happened was a lot of these independent labels were prosecuted under the Obscene Publications Act and films like Evil Dead, for example. It's to the point where Sam Raimi came to the UK to, to give evidence on behalf of the UK distributor of Evil Dead. Never knew that. Yeah, yeah. It was a ridiculous situation. But a load of films ended up being banned under the Obscene Publications Act. Then the Video Recordings Act came in in 1984, which brought home video under the control of the BBFC as well, which meant that any home video releases had to go through the BBFC. What happened then was everything that had been released up until that date on home video was recalled, taken off the shelves. Right. It then had to be classified by the BBFC. So what you ended up there with a combination of things, either the labels, distributors just didn't bother and these tapes were lost to time okay, and never ever got a release until recently where obviously some of these boutique labels are now picking up some of these, these 70s and 80s movies. Yep. They were certified by the BBFC and given a certificate. Now, in some cases, they were cut some cases they were uncut in some cases they were massively cut like shredded basically in other cases they were simply refused a certificate so films like texas chainsaw massacre the exorcist uh and a few others right they were simply simply refused to be certificated or certified rather whether they were cut or not the bbfc just went nah that's not good (laughs) not for us thank you so that was the result. That was all going on during the early to mid eighties, right? Um, while this, while it was, you know, it was a free for all, right? You could just come along, set up a distribution company, buy a film from Italy for a few hundred quid, set up a bank of duplicating <laughs> machines, yeah, and and make your money, right? So that obviously had the the predictable effect of then having this big underground thing where all mm. of a sudden you couldn't get hold of a load of Lucio Fulci's movies or Dario Argento uncut or anything like that. And so people just started passing around pirate copies or importing them off the black market or whatever, right? I have but to anyway. say, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you here. Yeah. This is a I expected a quick two minute those films that were bound that were passed around like comics. And and <laughs> Yeah, but you did ask for some background. Some so being the anyway, word here, Mister. Well, you interrupted just as I was getting to the point. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Like there was a point. <laughs> so that's the era that I grew up in. Oh, we got there. Thank so God. So that, that that is that was my. We're in a new decade, just waiting for that. That was shut the. That was my. That's there's the context. Thank you for my exposure to horror films. Gotcha. Right. So I was never particularly a fan of horror films, but I was intrigued by, well, hang on, why, what is it, why is it up to some people to decide what other people can and can't watch? Ah, see, now that's interesting. So that's right. where you and I differ. So, no, well, no. again, I, uh, around all this was Mary Whitehouse, right? Who, okay, who, who she? she? She was a campaigner or a, a quote-unquote decency campaigner for good Christian family values. Oh, right, okay. Right. So TV and film were her regular targets. And she had this thing called the Viewers and Listeners Association, which I think is still going, who would complain about sex and violence on TV and film and so on. And again, it was one of those things was they would report on on how many swear words or how violent certain shows were. And it's like as if they're protecting us, right? And it's like... So it's all right for you to watch these things and produce a report because you're incorruptible, right? Mm-hmm. But us poor plebs, we, we we can't possibly. So that was my opinion. That was my kind of view of it, right? Who are they to say what we can and can't watch? Right, okay. Because it's, it's in human nature. As soon as you're told you can't watch something, you want to go fucking watch it, <laughs> right? So I'd, I'd watch a few stuff. I mean, I remember watching American Werewolf in London. When I was maybe nine, ten years old, a friend's house. Yeah, uh, loved they were it. Never, they were never watched at your house, were they? Let's no, face no. it. All, all of these, all of this dodgy goings on was always yeah. at other people's houses. Yeah, yeah, I've been. I was the same. So I liked that because it was funny, but it was meant to be funny, 
right? It had a, a nice kind of wit to it. Yeah. Generally speaking, was never a fan of slasher movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday ah. 13. That's something I've come to appreciate more later, which we'll get on to, right? But I was never a fan of those just because they just look stupid. And so okay. I, I was looking for horror films that were like, no, this is a horror film. I shouldn't be laughing at a horror film. I need a horror film that makes you feel uncomfortable, right? Or, right. or kind of gets in there. And the first one I saw that really got to me in that way was Hellraiser. Uh, yes, yes. In terms of it's a serious... One, it's British. Awesome. But also it's a serious All right. horror film. Brexit. It's... <laughs> yeah. Make Britain great again. All right. But it, it's, it's not laughing and joking. No, it, it's, it's done it's in a up. way that is... There's a serious undertone. Yeah. It's uh, not... Some of the sequels we may say might, might become a bit tongue-in-cheek in the end. But, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, but the original one is satanic, which isn't something that's done particularly often and done well, I should no. say. No, but it was it. It still creeps me out, Hellraiser. But there we go. Yeah. So that that was my kind of more favoured kind of horror movie. The okay. serious ones that make you think. Maybe not necessarily make you think, but they they weren't just hack and slash. Teenagers getting high, having sex, getting killed. Okay. You know. So that you went for my... the more highbrow kind yes. of horror. Highbrow. Okay, that's that's, 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 that's yeah. So how about you? What was yours? What's your background? And keep it brief. Come on, we haven't got all day. <laughs> yeah. So glad you asked. Thank you for asking. Um, I grew up in a, in, a, in a different generation to Mark, but well, not generation. That's that's too mean. Different decades. Let's put it that way. Well, that's better. Um, Thank you. Yeah, because Mark's probably not old enough to be my granddad. Um, and very much the same. I, I I had older friends, obviously out out of the video nasty era now. We're, DVDs were a thing, most things were rated. But I had older friends who were watching the likes of 13 Ghosts, the Final Destination, the early Final Destination films. And I was absolutely too young to be watching these in the cinema. So were my friends, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So they might have been around 13. I was probably around 9, 10, push 11, probably 9 or 10. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be over the house playing, I don't know, Connects or whatever. And my mate's older brother happened to have on. Final Destination 2, and it was the lift scene where she gets decapitated. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not scary, it's not boo, it's it's graphic, it's gory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can, I can, I, d- I didn't like it because I felt wrong for watching it because I knew I wasn't allowed to watch those kinds of films at that age. But then the, the morbid curiosity of, well, they're showing people dying, which is weird, but it's a film, so it's okay. Mm. So then after that, I got into slashes because again it was a bit more comic that sounds hard people have been murdered aren't they but it was done in a more tongue-in-cheek way not like hellraiser yeah yeah and you know i remember watching the the first night on elm street because i was genuinely scared of freddy krueger at the time mm. and i liked it it was camp it was over the top and of all the horror that was out there at that point, it was probably one of the nicer ones you could watch. Mm. Um, okay. And from there, I got into Saw, which again is body horror mm-hmm. torture stuff, which mm-hmm. is not a great genre to admit that you like, but it was more the how are they going to do it this time? How can mm. you kill someone in Final Destination for the fifth film? Mm. That's where I came in. I don't like jump scares at all. Yeah. So when the Paranormal Activity um, franchise launched what, in the mid-2000s, mm. I, I was of the age to go to the cinema to watch these things. I remember going to see number two. I shat myself throughout the entire <laughs> film. And the only thing that's scary in it is it goes boo a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's not much more to think about. Other Visually, than, there's, there's nothing really. It's all in the sound design. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the scene where all the cupboards, all the pans go everywhere. It's mm. silent for a minute and all of a sudden, bang and mm. i jumped out of my skin so i didn't like feeling on edge like that in the cinema and i've got better with that as i've got older but there's still an element of i want something to work away in the background over you know 20 minutes of a segment mm. rather than a cheap boo here we go but there are some fantastic films which i, I do come on to I, th- I think we're going to come on to of what we like yeah and what, what we recommend over halloween yeah. um where boo scares are 
delivered incredibly well for really good effect. But yeah, so I, I, I yeah, bottom line of that is grew up in a different era. Mm. Era is still a wrong word. Sorry, Mark. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel ancient. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice about this. That's all right. Um, That's all right. We, we did grow up in a completely different time where things for me were more accessible because they were out in the open. Whereas obviously for yourself, it was like, I don't know, passing around porn in school. I don't know. Whatever you do in your free time is yours. <laughs> um, two very different experiences of getting into horror, I think, is what mm. I'm trying to draw oh, de- from that. Definitely, definitely. But it is something that I've become more interested in as I've got older, and I think I've got to the point now where I I feel quite desensitized to some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a massive risk if you're a fan of that genre, because watching the original Hellraiser for the second time, I think, in its entirety of the month, I was completely creeped out and freaked out. Mm. But then watching Saw, that I've seen a thousand times, like, yeah, whatever. That's his guts. Yeah, cool. You know, but mm. eh, I don't know. It's everybody remembers that first film that gave them nightmares. Yeah. What was what was yours? Um, I don't remember that, to oh. be honest. <laughs> so that's spoiled that little thing. There's um, me thinking, I think I know what it was, but I don't. But a friend of mine, go on. it was 13 Ghosts. Okay. He's yeah. slightly older than me, but he probably he watched it younger than I would have been when I first watched it. And yeah, he, again, his older brother showed it to him. Had um, had had nightmares for a while. I don't know that. I don't think any have because I've always been aware. Well, it's not real, I guess, right? Yeah, basically. I I and I I remember I had a when I was younger. I had this. I can't even remember what it's called now, but I had a book that kind of explained in. in really simple terms about a whole range of of film special effects oh right cool right and like monster movies and model Mm. model planes and whatever you might do in for a movie so i always knew that if there was a like a monster in a film oh i've read about that in a book you see there's someone wearing a latex mask or it's like an animatronic puppet Mm. and that was it so i just knew that's it was fake because I used to always watch the special effect bits, the set, uh, featurettes on oh, the I, DVDs. Like, the Final Destination ones were brilliant. Now, I was obsessed with those. There yeah. used to be a show, an ITV used to show it late night. And it was an American show, and I think it was called Movie Magic. And and you can, I think you can still get some of the episodes on, on YouTube. Um, and it basically was like late 80s, early 90s. Um that like like each each episode they'd cover a couple of films and like completely go behind the scenes on how they were made. Oh yeah, I, remember, of, I do remember that. All of that stuff I was totally obsessed with. It ran from ninety four to ninety seven actually. Yes. And yeah, I think you can get it. On, I think you can get them on YouTube. So I, I would devour anything like that. All as you say, once like Laserdisc and DVD came along, all the documentaries and special features I would go through, but the books and everything before then. So I always had a thing in the back of my mind that whatever was happening on the screen, I knew it wasn't real. Yeah, and so that they, does help. Obviously. It never got to me, and I would sit and like admire it. So in, in terms of like American Werewolf in London, right? The transformation, mm. I like sat slack jawed at how amazing it looked. Other people might be hiding behind the cushions at my friend's house, but I'd be going, Look, look how they did that there, that bit there. Yeah, yeah. And like with his friend who's gradually deteriorating and, and rotting yeah. away through the film, how his makeup is getting more and more rotting, you know. Yeah. I just like that, just fascinated me in terms of the, the kind of artistry and, and so on of that. So I always, I think, had that detachment, just knowing it wasn't real. And so I guess that's maybe why I wanted the stuff that was a little bit more serious, because if, it can't, if it can't scare me because I know it's not real, then it's got to What's engage me in some <laughs> other way. Yeah, that's fair There's got to be something enough. else it has that, that, that does get my attention. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd okay, say I that, like that. That could be it. That could be it. Well, there we go. After all these years, that's it. Finally explained it. <laughs> so, obviously, Universal Studios were paramount in getting a horror genre off the ground. I no, feel, U- Universal were Universal and Paramount were Paramount. Right. 
Well, you just said Universal Studios were paramount in getting the genre off the ground. But oh, you par did. Paramount I fell for different, that. I fell for two that. Two different studios. I absolutely fell for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't know how to recover out of that one. You're not going to. I'm going to leave that in. Yeah. No, well, well, Universal Studios were very good. <laughs> leaders. Get it, leaders. Groundbreaking. Like, yeah. Getting movie monsters off the ground, right? So you've got your classics, mm -hmm. Dracula, Frankenstein, Brown and Frankenstein, yeah, 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 Swamp yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Swamp Obviously, thing. that was that's going man from the black creature from the black lagoon, whatever. Yeah, I just can't it. remember. Wolfman, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, those were nearly well, probably 100 years old now at this point. Uh, Dracula 30s. was what early 30s, yeah, almost yeah, so there. 90 years, on. 90 years at least. In recent times, horror has had, I think, a bit more of a, a revival for the mm. masses, not just well, you're a freak, you're horror, horror. Yeah. Mm. with the reboot of Halloween, blah blah blah. Mm. We still don't get paid to talk about Halloween on this podcast, and we really no. should. You think we, we think we are, wouldn't you? What do you think modern horror is like now, and in the state of the genre and where it's going? I think there's a real mix of stuff. I think in general, I think it's in pretty good shape. I think that um, it went through a period. I think. Well, I can, I can help you there. I think it went on. through a period of everything was paranormal found footage. There was With that. Paranormal activity spawned. I mean, Blair Witch is the best. Yeah. The Blair Witch Project, the best found mm. footage film. You mm. could argue VHS comes close, but mm. paranormal activity revived that genre mm -hmm. and spawned an incredible franchise. Whether you like them or not, you can't mm. deny it. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I got bored of all that. All mm. that paranormal demon bollocks. Mm. What is coming back? Gone. So you you finish your point because I, well, I helped you. I was going to say that I think one of the things it went through a period of being a little bit up its own ass, clever, clever. Now it started really strong with Wes Craven's New Nightmare and Scream, in terms mm. of films that are as much about horror films. As I they see. are horror films themselves. I see how you so mean that. That kind of meta self referential, very clever way of doing it that got a little bit carried away. Um, the Scream franchise itself, I think, managed to keep on track, but there were certainly other films came along that tried to replicate that to varying degrees. Then there was the kind of quote unquote torture porn period. So you had like things like the original Saw, Hostel films, Hostel, yeah, yeah. Which again, in terms of like serious horror films, were right up my street, and I really enjoyed them. Um, but they kind of went away. They, they, I think, what's really over the last ten years or so, what's really saved, not saved horror, but really helped horror is Bloomhouse. Thank you. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Because what is what it? he's did what he's done there is he's gone right. We're not going to give you much money, but we are going to let you do what you want. You go off and make the film you want to make. So and, again, bit of context. Yeah. The Blumhouse studio started the likes of the Nun in Insidious, which was on my list of Insidious, things you should watch over Halloween. Yeah, those and they are again segue into a segment. Um, have some fantastic jump scares, mm -hmm. but with that tension and release, tension and release gradually building to this big climax, and mm. it worked. It's not just nothing, 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 nothing. Bang! Oh, okay, nothing, nothing, nothing. Lodging to false sense security, but also Blumhouse is a studio, like you said. Let's them do what they want. Not a lot of money, mm -hmm. but it's horror by by horror fans, like true horror fans that want to do it justice. I feel. Yeah. Well, you look at something like I mean, Bloomhouse came out of Paranormal Activity, so yes. J Jason Bloom was one of the ones who who bought the film, right? So I think it was Orin Pirelli or Pelly. I forget the guy's name, but he made the film and he was shopping it around various um, um, uh, festivals and Studios so on. and that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And basically, Bloomhouse, Jason Bloom, chipped in and, and kind of paid towards getting it finished and and, and, and tidied up and, and released. And it was made for $15,000 
I'm sure they spent maybe a couple of million extra finishing it and tidying it and everything, but it made nearly $200 million worldwide. Huge hit, right? He and then went it was on... filmed in director's own home, don't forget. That's right, exactly, exactly. So that was a massive hit. They then went on to doing, like you said, Insidious, The Purge. Less said about the Purge, the better. I love the Purge films, personally. I I think they're great. But like the they, first, let's not go into that. But yeah, but then you've got obviously like the the whole paranormal series, the Purge series. They did Split, the M Night Shyamalan film, Get Out. You know Jordan Peele's first. You can I, see, so it, it was born out of this low budget, and then. You know, it, it it booted up into this massive, massive studio, which it and, really is. And even now, the the budgets are still modest, let's say. But the point is, it's that's fine because for every film that doesn't hit, there'll be another one that does massively hit, and more than makes up for it. You know, um, and they are they're willing to take that chance. So you got someone mm-hmm. like M. Night Shyamalan who kind of was in the wilderness for a while. He'd had a couple of big flops and he was probably getting a bit too big for his boots and, and, and whatever. But but it was not it was no longer like this box office gold. And then he came along and did split, which which was just a huge hit. Again, low budget, through Blumhouse, and it was a massive hit. And the budget was less than $10 million. And it made about 270-odd million. So, yeah, I think what, what has helped horror over the last few years is Blumhouse. And their, their kind of... Their trust in filmmakers to make the films they want to make. And we've had, like, proper full-on horror movies. We've had kind of social commentary stuff. We've had fun things like... Happy Death Day, yeah, and, yeah. And Truth or Dare, which is brilliant. The the hide and seek horror comedy, yep. the Halloween trilogy, obviously the the new Exorcist trilogy that's coming along. Yeah, Bloomhouse, I think, have a lot to. Um, Especially, uh, uh, they, they, we have a lot to thank them for. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. What I like as well is Jason's really good on Twitter about saying what he's he wants to do, and he has been vocal in saying he wants to get the rights to Freddy. And do Nightmare on Elm Street. I've, I've read it. Oh, I'd love to see that. Me too, Genuinely, because this yeah. is the thing: the slasher franchises are back up and running. Obviously, Halloween's done really well. We're not going to talk about Halloween ends today because I've not seen it yet. But that that has done remarkably well. Child's Play's mm-hmm. had a bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Hellraiser's obviously done incredibly well with the new one. Yeah. What's missing is Friday the Thirteenth and a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, I'd In love to see what glory days. I'd love to see them get hold of that and, and try something with it. Um, it's good. We're getting there. We're getting there. So I think we, yeah. I think in general, the state of horror is good. I, I Likewise. Think, I'd agree you know, with you there. There's clunkers. But then, again, <laughs> well, look at what's in the, the news over the last couple of weeks is Terrifier 2. Yeah, yeah. Which is a two and a half hour long, $250,000 budget movie. Two and a half hours? It's something like that, yeah. It's over. T- I'm sure it's over two hours. It's about 130, 140 minutes. Um, and two it's, hours, 28 minutes, I can confirm. There, there you go. So uh, $250,000 budget, and it's currently at the box office. It's made 5 or $6 million at the box office, which for any studio film, that's a flop, <laughs> right? But But this is like a big hit. And it's not a mm. wide release, you know, it's on a limited number of screens, but the people are turning out for it. Yeah, I think horror is in a good place. You're, you're always going to have your franchise films. You're always going to have, your, like, your Halloweens and whatever else comes along. Obviously, like, Exorcist, as I said, is, is getting a new a new yeah. one. But, like, like, companies like Blumhouse will go to a director, right, what ideas have you got? And you'll get these original ideas like The Purge, like Happy Death Day, um, and like The Black Phone, the Scott Derrickson film, uh, which has got some great reviews. You know, and like the, the Invisible Man remake was a. Oh, that's a valid point. 
was a Blumhouse one. So they're even doing, again, low budget, but but not even straight horror, even kind of sci-fi horror. Fantastic. I think that's what it needs. I think what, what's ended up, what you ended up with was the studios were so um, worried about losing money. I was going to say, it's a risk doing a horror film. It, it, Massive well, risk. Well, it can be. It can be. But it, for a studio they got into into their heads that they had to spend a lot on these films to make money back and marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you don't, you just need a good idea that, that is, that catches. You don't have to spend 40, 50 million, because if you spend 40, 50 million on a film production, you've got to spend the same amount again on the marketing. You've got to make a hundred million dollars before you even get your money back. Yeah, valid. Right? But spend $5 million, get it out there on festivals, word of mouth, etc. You don't need, you know, you, by the time it makes $20 million, $30 million, you're in profit. Yeah. You're going to make your next one. And that's what Bloomhouse are doing. They're just, I say churning out, and that's not meant in a derogatory way, but they're churning out these low to medium low budget films but giving the the creators the freedom and that and you know you've ended up with stuff like this isn't Bloomhouse, this is warner brothers but like the whole conjuring universe yeah where yeah. there's been the yeah. main conjuring films and then all the offshoots and again similar model where it's low budget it's james one is basically <laughs> overseeing the whole thing in yeah. one way or another but it's built up this hugely successful franchise on a series of very modestly budgeted films. They're just made well and they well, take they take the subject matter seriously. James Wan's proven himself time and time again that's that's the method to success because yeah. look at Saw. You know, he's behind that. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. Know, a college a college film essentially. Yeah. And here yeah. we are now they've announced there's going to be another Saw film. Lovely segue into our news. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's in the news? So yeah, news. I mean, not not too much that we, we want to go into because we've got some fun stuff to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween Ends is out now for the world to watch. Mm-hmm. Probably won't go into it, but I think it's divided audience. Zzz, audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, less said about that the better at the moment, yeah. maybe. I've, well, I've, I'll keep it brief. I've watched it. I can see exactly why it's divided audiences. Cool. But Overall, I enjoyed it. Good, I'm glad. But we'll we'll um, discuss that perhaps in more detail in the future. Cool. Terrifier one and two is going viral because people are passing out in the cinema. It's probably all viral marketing rubbish, but mm-hmm. apparently incredibly graphic and gory. So that's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest one though, we'll, we'll finish on this bit, is that Saw X, Saw Ten, Ten mm. Saw film. Mm-hmm. is happening, it is coming back and they have announced, and this is a spoiler if you don't want to know, that Tobin Bell is returning, so mm-hmm. Jigsaw himself which I'm really excited about, I, he's I a can't fantastic wait. actor. I can't wait uh, be interesting to see how they bring him back in, because obviously he's yep. been dead since the third film. Which is um, probably nearly 20 odd years now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he was obviously featured via flashbacks in the other films Oh, 2006. Probably. Um, but yeah, that'll be. I, I mean, I'm, I love the Saw films, right? So I'm always up yeah, for another yeah. one. And it does look like it's going to be a proper Saw film rather than a spiral we, from the world of Saw. We've covered this in the past, and I'm yeah. glad they've come to their senses on that. Yeah, I think so. So I'll be interested to see. I think I mentioned to you via chat the other day one idea I had was it could be that may perhaps the events of the early films told more from his point of view, where we dip in and out of those films back to the future two style. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, which could be cool, but who knows? Nothing's been announced in terms of the story or who else is going to be in it. Um, but it is being directed. I forgot the guy's name, Kevin somebody who is is a pre is directed some of the previous films and he's been an editor on the previous films. So they they're keeping it all in-house, let's say. Which is good. Which so is I'm, good. I'm looking forward to that. So, okay. Should we do a quiz? Uh, shall we do the quiz? Okay, let's, let's do, do the, quiz. the quiz. Let's do the quiz. It's Dan versus Mark. It's Dan versus Mark.
jingle. So we decided to have a horror-based quiz for, for you lot. Yes. And basically, it's the usual thing. Five questions, trivia, quotes, whatever you want to ask the other person. Mm-hmm. Mark with the highest score wins. That's usually what happens. <laughs> Do you and want to go considering, first? I will, I will. But considering your breadth of horror is far greater than mine, I can already guarantee I'm going to score low on this one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, okay. Then. Your first question, sir. In the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, what is Nancy's address? Um, Elm Street. We've only, got, we've only got 40 minutes on Zoom. You might want to answer so. Nancy's um, house, Elm Street. Unfortunately, it's not that. Oh, uh, go on then. 1428 Elm Street. Oh, there you go. Okay. I, did, I didn't know that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Name one of the businesses in Shaun of the Dead named after horror icons. Oh, I like that. One of the businesses. Mm-hmm. There, there's at least, I think there's just two. There might be more, wow. but I've got two in mind. I'm trying to think of the quote in my head. Kill Phil, grab them, go back to the for a pint and wait for us to all blow up. I can't even remember what the pub's called. Winchester. Ah, oh, I mean, I'd go with that because Winchester isn't that off supernatural. Which came after Shaun of the Dead, didn't it? But I don't that's know. not well, the answer. Not, no, that's not the answer. Oh, I can't even remember where Shaun works. Oh, oh, that's one of the answers. Is something? Is one of them going to be Romero's? Mm, not quite. Oh. It's something to do with it's obviously something to do with Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. George Romero, or Night of the Living Dead, George A. Romero. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the answer, but I know the logic behind it. Okay, Sean works at Forry Electronics, which is named after Ken Forry, who starred in Dawn of the Dead. Brilliant. And he also tries to make a reservation at Fulci's Restaurant. Not a clue. A famous Italian horror director. Oh, good for them. Your turn. What is the exorcist's demon's name? Pazuzu. Correct. Lovely point there. What is the name of the killer in Friday the 13th? Pamela Voorhees. Oh, well done. You didn't Thanking fall for you. that one. Well done. No, it, it's a fantastic pub quiz question. How many <laughs> How many kills does Jason have in the original Friday the 13th? Everyone mm. goes like seven or eight, and you go, it's <laughs> none. <laughs> Pamela. Go on then. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was waiting for the next question for some reason. Name the film this quote is from. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Mm. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Mm. Weirdly, we've already mentioned this film in the past 40-odd minutes or however long we are at this point. Is it some, is it, oh, is it um, Insidious? Oh, very good. Well done. Oh, there we go. It is. It is. Because, yes, obviously the mum and dad think it's uh, the house and then, no, poor little kid. How many Living Dead films did George Romero direct? Ooh. This is a guess. Three. No. Six. (laughs) Six. So, what, Night of the Living Dead? Yep. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, hang on. What was the question? How many Living Dead films did George Romero direct? Dawn of the Dead is part of that, is it? Yeah, that's the second one. Dawn of the Dead, then Day of the Dead. Return of the Living Dead. No, Return is not a George Romero film. Oh, I didn't know that. Return is uh, his business partner who split off to make his own series. Okay. But, But George Romero then did three more. Land of the Dead... Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. Pretty much the same shit, though, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Zombies in it. Which is the one which has got brains in it? That's Return of the Living Dead. They're, they're yeah. more. That's more of a comedy zombie film. Yeah. Tar. What's his name? He's got a name. Oh, the Tar Monster thing. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question. I like that one. Mm. I gestured at the screen. With the Vix then as well. Anyway, <laughs> this is a great question. Okay, you're number four. Mm. 
Many people left the theatre due to motion sickness and dizziness because of this 2008 horror flick. What was it? Oh, would that have been um, Blair Witch Project? Final answer? Yeah. No, 2008, Mark. You're thinking 2000, no, 1999. Blair Witch was Well, way are you gonna? before Are you that. gonna? Are you trying to tell me Cloverfield's a horror film? Yep. What is Well, it? well it's a science It's a horror fiction film. film, isn't it? It's No, a it's monster scary. movie. It's a monster movie. It's What? a God, So, it's so, a Godzilla thing. so Wolfman and No, creatures it's are about not the that kind it's of monster monster movie. It's a, like You a can't. kaiju. No, no, It's a big, no, you it's can't. a big You can't define monsters. city destroying Nope. Godzilla shit going down. That's not a horror Horror film, film. mate. Horror film. I, I reject the, the premise of the question. We've still got your wrong year, regardless. Well, I still only because I know Cloverfield Ten years out. isn't a horror film. It's horror film. Okay, I'll change the question. Many people left the theatre due to motion sickness and dizziness because of this 2008 flick. What was it? It's the it's the question <laughs> that's in the wrong quiz, is what it is, well, because it's not a horror film. still Let's didn't get move it. let's move on. I knew it was Cloverfield. The reason I didn't say Why Cloverfield did you answer? because I because I thought you'd got the year wrong because clearly You're a Cloverfield loser. isn't a horror film. It is a horror film. Right, Here my we go. turn. Hang What? on, no, 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 no. Get, get in the bin. BBFC, Cloverfield. Yeah. Fact, Yeah. Jack and Elf is going to look at this a sec. Yeah. Right? What have they said? Oh, it's an education case study. That's silly. Um, Release. Contains strong, sustained threat and moderate horror. Horror is being the operative word moderate there. horror because It does it's not say a horror science. film It does and say it says science science fiction fiction, thriller. doesn't it science It fiction does. thriller not a horror yeah exactly It does. Yeah, yeah, okay. right then my turn Genre, genre, action. We're both wrong. There we are. Move on. <laughs> what is the name of the ship in the film Event Horizon. Oh, that's mean. Because they go to the event horizon. But for the life of me, that's a sci-fi film anyway. Um, That's more clearly a sci-fi horror. <laughs> More than the... fucking Cloverfield, mate. It's, it's N18. <laughs> I don't know what the ship they, they go from, but it's the event horizon is the ship. That they go to. That's Sure. the that's the right answer. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll I was thinking you were going to catch me out on that one because Oh no! Well, the ship they go from is the Lewis and Clark. right. But the ship they are going to investigate. Yes, that's the that's the Okay, event horizon. poorly worded question, but I got the answer, so that's good. Yeah, there you go. At least I got. At least it was in the right genre. Shut Your turn. up. Ah, okay. This is a good. This is a numbers-based one. You're good with your numbers, Hmm. right? How many kills? does Jigsaw have under his belt from Saw through to Jigsaw? So we're not taking into account Spiral here. Well, I suppose this is exactly how you want to define kills, doesn't it? Because technically, he doesn't kill anybody. Right, I'm not being that, I'm not being pedantic. Why? It's fun. <laughs> Technically, he doesn't kill anyone. okay, They that's kill not the answer themselves I'm looking or each for. other. Well, I think you've got the wrong answer then, haven't you? Well, so was he? So is, is he okay to be referred to as Jigsaw the serial killer in No, that by he's that just logic? he's just jigsaw. I've never called him a serial killer. Just a bloke. Just a bloke with some Okay, cool, how with some many? cool gadgets. How many people died in the films? I don't know. I'm going to go. Well, even that, even that's even that's not a fair question because some people killed themselves. How many people died as a result of jigsaw's traps? Better. I'm going to go with twenty. Ah, oh, you're so under. Oh, really? I'll give you another one. Give you another go. Thirty. It's still so under. What the fuck? Forty. Closer, but still so under. Christ, go on. 76. What? Apparently. How many fucking films? Nine. Think Jesus. about it. Saw 10's coming out your spanner. Yeah, but like the first film was only like two people died in that. And then they really ramp it up from there. So Well, there I suppose we are. they do, don't they? Okay, fair enough. Okay, right. That was good. Yeah, yeah. One more. For my, I've, I've got my last one. Have I? I've got one more. 
I've just asked what to ask me. Yeah, I was about to say. I've yeah. asked. I just read out number five. I'm glad you're keeping count. <laughs> the Exorcist Three is based on which book by William Peter Blatty? Oh, oh, is it The Exorcist? No, I have no idea. The book is called Legion. Oh, I have heard of that. Not really. So you got but two right. Did I? Yes. Ooh, so did you. Oh, it's a draw. Well, there we go. <laughs> we'll shake hands virtually on that one <laughs> and let's go about our day. Yes. Okay. Well done. That was very good. That was, that was all right. That was all right. Yeah. So to round off. Yeah. Let's do some picks. Okay. Uh, our picks of Halloween must watches, whether yes. it's whether you're listening to this. I don't know when this is going to go out. Pre-Halloween, post-Halloween. Mm-hmm. If you want to just muck with people on Christmas Day and you want to put this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween's for life, not just for Christmas. That makes no sense. <laughs> Let's move on. I'll go first. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, one well, of my favourite films to watch on Halloween is Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. It's You mentioned Scream. It's very aware of itself. It's gory. It's, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think if you're trying to get into the genre, or if you're a fan of the genre, it makes a lot of sense to you. Um, yeah. And it's Joss Whedon. It's great. Yeah. It, it, that's all. It's just a very good, comforting horror film. Yeah, it's really good. It's very good. I love it. Um, my first pick would be Ghostwatch. Okay, yes. How does that, how I, does that as, one? A, as a British person, yes, I have. So for the ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls at home who might not have heard of that, it's uh, it was done as a... It's a BBC show. It's a television program, a one-off, and it was presented as if it was real. In it was kind of presented in real time as a who presented it? Was it Parkinson? Michael Parkinson, yeah, Bloody and there was hell. Sarah Green and Craig Charles. What was Ro- in Robot Wars? Yeah, a Red Dwarf. <laughs> no, sorry. Coronation Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it was presented as a live broadcast investigating uh, poltergeist activity in a house in England. Okay. Um, and it was hugely controversial at the time <laughs> for anyone who missed the introduction that said, and tonight's drama is a <laughs> fake thing, right? So anyone who was, like, tuned in two minutes late... <laughs> Right. But it's really well done. Very effectively well done. Obviously having Parky doing the presenting, having having presenters rather than actors in mm. it obviously led you know helped with the thing. Um and it, it's very well done. And coincidentally, it's getting a brand new Blu-ray release on the thirty first of October. Um with you know restored documentaries, audio commentaries all the works yeah. so so get yourself down to your local hmv or, or whatever you've got that will sell it get it bought on monday and get it watched it's it's fantastic one of the best british horror quote-unquote films that there's been your turn i'm very much looking forward to seeing that so i've never seen it it's i've never seen it oh it's brilliant no. anyway really good, if, really. if anybody wants to send me one get in touch with the podcast anyway Another comforting one for me because it's just fun. The original Nightmare on Elm Street—you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's spooky, it's creepy, and it's slashy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Robert Englund is one of the best horror actors to have ever lived, and he really—he is Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's it. It's a fantastic film. It's of its time, but it also birthed a studio so you know it did the house that freddie built new line cinema. exactly yeah. exactly and that's a there's an excellent documentary it's available on netflix at the moment the movies that made us yes and it was a halloween a halloween special and the fred the nightmare Street one is just fab if you can find it there's also a feature length one called never sleep again interesting okay thank you which is really good i think i say feature length it's at least a couple of hours long um, a really good full-length documentary, uh, mainly about the first film, but I think it goes into the sequels as well. Um, and that's fantastic. It's from 2010. Um, but yeah, it's 240 minutes long. So what's that? Four hours long? Um, 
and it, it just tells you everything you need to know about about um I'm gonna give that I'm a big big Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. N Never sleep again it's called. Excellent. Okay. Go on. Oh, is it mine? Um Hellraiser. As I said <laughs> before, the original one. It needs no introduction, does it? Needs no introduction. Proper low budget, proper horror, serious British. British. Does something really cool with the genre, takes itself seriously. F phenomenal special effects, you know, the makeup and animatronics and everything are just incredible. Um, and yeah, it spawned a couple of good sequels, lots of crap ones, and if the reviews are be to be believed, a very good reboot. Uh, mm. We're still yet to see in the UK, um, but yeah, Hellraiser can't go wrong with Hellraiser. Um, very good, very good. My next one isn't a horror film per se. It's also not Cloverfield, but it's. Go on, I can hear you trying to say. No, something. you're just stretching the genre here. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, okay. I like I co-host this shit. I can do what I want. Um, it's scary in other ways is the point mm, I want to yeah. get out of this. Yeah. Obviously, you know what's coming up because it's in the notes, but it's a 2004 thriller called Dead Man's Shoes. Mm -hmm. And it's it stars Paddy Considine, who's phenomenal. As you know, we've, we've both finished House of the Dragon. That man mm. deserves all the awards. He's an amazing actor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it basically, it's a revenge story. That's all I'm going to say because it's twisty. And mm -hmm. you need to not know the twist going into it, because I didn't, and it was fab. Oh, yes. It's yes. so bleak. Mm. Such a bleak film, but it is scary for the for other reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, directed by Shane Meadows. Shane, sorry, Shane Meadows. Um, just watch it if you're feeling happy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go into it if you're slightly glum. Put it yeah. out. I'd it's agree with that. Brutal. I'd agree with that. I think I, I, think I saw it. It, it was made before This Is England, but I think I saw it after. And I it, think it came, it's... it came to my hands of, again, a friend who's massively into his horror, which is where I got a lot of my stuff from. Mm, mm. And he always wore a Dead Man's Shoes t shirt. And every time oh, I was that from again, and, and uh, you'll probably know the image, Mark. So I won't, I won't spoil it for the mm. listeners. But um, he said, Oh, I watched this DVD. And uh, yeah, bleak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but fantastic, and you're right. That's oh, awesome. Um, Paddy Considine's just just fantastic in it. Yeah. Next one is I couldn't really choose to be honest, and I forgot to mention these earlier on uh, in terms of the early horror that I liked was '80s David Cronenberg. Mm -hmm. So obviously, The Fly was his, his kind of breakout, huge commercial hit studio movie, which is still phenomenal but then he had the earlier films like the original scanners and videodrome okay so i've so not seen any of them they're phenomenal i mean the fly is a classic right just without a doubt jeff goldblum decent budget again incredible effects just just fantastic scanners is a sci-fi horror treat yourself proper okay. kind of early 80s physical effects Body horror, that, they're where the term body horror came from, the, those early Cronenberg films. Um, and if you don't know what body horror means before you watch them, you'll understand what it means afterwards. Um, take your pick. Any, any of those fantastic films. Well done. I like those. We're still mm -hmm. going. We're still going. We still are. A few. I'm bringing it a bit more modern. Go on. I really like A twenty eight Studio A twenty four. There's some really good films in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, Ari Aster, director. Yes. Made name name for himself in horror with Hereditary. I think more widespread and name anyway. Yeah. Good film. Yeah. Didn't creep me out as much as Midsummer, which is my recommendation. Mm. Loved Midsummer. Um, follows a group of students going to Sweden to celebrate the Midsummer Festival. Yeah. All hell breaks loose. Of course it does. Very culty, graphic, um, and it's Mark's favourite actress, Florence Pugh. Florence. Well, move on before you get too excited, <laughs> sir. But no, it's a great film. It is, it, it, it's one of those ones that starts off quite slow, but kind of 
creeps up on you kind of thing. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. My next one is more of a whole franchise, which is Friday the 13th. Um, as I said... The original I'm, or any of the remakes? Well, let me get to that. I was, I was, as I said earlier on, I was never really into like the slasher, Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday Thirteenth kind of stuff when I was younger. But I, a couple of years ago, I, I, I did watch a couple of the later Jason films. Jason Goes to Hell, I've always liked. Um, i not see. I've not seen that one. Just because it, again, it plays with it takes the whole thing of Friday Thirteenth and kind of deconstructs it a bit and plays with it, which I like. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But then I picked up the Scream, Stroke, Shout Factory box set of all the films uh, a year or so ago and just kind of binged them all in a week. And they vary wildly in quality. And obviously, you know, they were cut quite heavily in America by the MPA, some of the early ones. But they're just, some of them are just so much fun. I mean, ridiculous, low-budget, trashy, fun. And so I I think as an adult, I kind of appreciate that side of them in terms of that's what would have, that's what kind of put me off when I was younger, the fact they were trashy and stupid and and so on. Hmm. But now I can kind of see the, see that as a plus rather than a minus. Do you know what I mean? I, it's like I've done my serious horror and now I'm kind of revisiting the stuff that's maybe a little bit more trashy and schlocky. I like that. I like yeah, that. Friday 13th, and that includes all the originals. Obviously, Jason Goes to Hell is great. Jason X is good fun. That's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. Freddy versus Jason's great. Yeah, agreed. And then the, the Marcus Nispel remake I, I enjoy as well. And he, he's the guy who directed the Texas Chainsaw remake, oh, which cool. is phenomenal. And he, after that, he did Friday the 13th, and I enjoy that as well. It's, yeah. Wait, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2003? 2003, 2003 one? one, yeah. He directed that's a good that. One. I do like that. He, that's brilliant, that film. Uh, and then he went on to do Friday the 13th as well. So, cool. yeah, just, just good as a series. Good, clean fun. <laughs> I couldn't pick out an individual, but just as a series, I just think they're just great, great, fun, yeah. trashy horror movies. Well, yeah, mine's slightly cheating again because mm. they're not all horror based, but mm. they're macabre, dark, and twisty. And Inside Number Nine, we're a fan of that on the podcast. I'll let you way. have that one. I'll let yeah, you have go. that I, one. Yeah. I don't need to say anymore. It's good around Halloween, especially some of the scarier episodes, which mm. is, I'm sure there's a list online also. Yeah. Shout out to Shear Smith and Pemberton. We love you. We're we do. Listen, but we, we don't do. care. They did a live Halloween episode as well. Which, which I'm was... yet to bloody see. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're not all horror, but there's a there's an element of varying degrees of darkness and twistedness. Yep. They're, ge- they're genius. Um, and yeah, there's, there's certainly enough to unsettle you in most episodes. Yes. Okay, uh, my last one then is The Witch, uh, okay. the Robert Eggers horror movie. Again, it's one of those ones where it's straight down the line, serious, atmospheric. I knew virtually nothing going into it. I think I'd seen one trailer, which doesn't really give you much away. I'd read a couple of reviews, but that was it, and it just blew me away completely. Okay. Just, just atmosphere the music the look of it the acting it's got you know finchy from the office in it um <laughs> ralph innocent who's who's just phenomenal that voice just fucking you know rumbles. it as soon as you hear it yeah, yeah you know yeah. who it is yeah um anya anna anya taylor joy in her first film i think it was her first film i um, believe it was and and if you listen to her natural accent at the time, it was kind of a mid-Atlantic accent because she kind of grown up mm. in a few different places. But she has a pitch perfect Yorkshire accent. <laughs> Genuinely, have you seen the film? 
No, but oh. I, I know, I know, obviously who she is and yeah. her accent no, normally. So absolutely, I mean, because Ralph Innocent's from Leeds, anyway, and there's some kids in it who are like Yorkshire kids, I'm assuming. Uh, but her accent is just absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um, and the first time I heard her, like in interviews afterwards, I'm like, that's brilliant. Because not only can some Americans or foreign people struggle to do an, a straight English accent, but ask them to do a regional one, mm-hmm. and it falls apart completely. But hers is just perfect all the way through. Brilliant. Like yeah, that's just, a great, just, it. just a fantastic film. Fantastic film. Film has been boring to end it, but I really liked the Insidious films. Oh God, that's a bit boring. <laughs> like they're just <laughs> again just solid, spooky, yeah, some great tension and unease, and yeah, that, that's, that's what makes a good horror film. Ultimately, that's it exactly. A horror film is meant to make you feel uneasy, yeah. and it, it could be in in like all the way through, or occasional jumps, or or, or whatever. But it's People, you know, people go, oh, I don't like horror films because, oh, you know, they make me jump or whatever, whatever. That's the whole point, right? <laughs> a, a comedy film is meant to make you laugh. If it doesn't make you laugh, it's not a very good comedy film. If a horror film doesn't make you feel uncomfortable... In, it's not doing it. It's, it's in, not right. In, in some way or another, then it's not working as a horror film. Agreed. Um, so people who complain that horror films are too gory or too whatever, whatever... It's kind of the point. <laughs> I mean, one way or the other, they're designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Whether it's gore, whether it's atmosphere, whether it's jumps or whatever. Yeah, that's the point. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Well said. And that's oh, it. God. That is it. Now then. That was our Halloween special. That's also going to be it for a little while, I think. Yes. Because we've, you've, we've kind of... You've got various <laughs> things... The barrel. Well, you've got various things going on which we're not going to get into, but are taking up your time at the moment. Oh, no, you make it sound like it's a negative thing. It's not oh, a yeah, thing no, no, it's, but it's a great thing. It's just life it's, is um, busy, right? Life is very busy. Life and... is busy, and it, and it is a little bit for me as well right now. And um, so we're just going to take a bit of a break. We, we've said in the past, if we're not match fit to do these things, that comes first. Mm-hmm, we did that exactly. little middle episode, didn't we? Just to let you know, mm. and. You know, we've appreciated how far we've got with this. It's been really good fun. It's been going but for a yeah. year. It hasn't. It has? Yeah. When, when was the first one we put out? October last year. That's really cool. Well, mm. congrats. So we made it to a year. It's not a bad time to have a bit of a good break, is it? Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have a break. Don't know for how long. No. Uh, might be a couple of weeks, might be a couple of months. We'll see. We might be back occasionally for a bit of a one-off kind of thing. We'll see. Might it's, be... it's very. It's going to be very time dependent on our part now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's cool. That's and it okay. might be the case that you come back and do something on your own for half an hour, wittering on, I, or I do I'm something. Gonna, I'm going to be Robbie Williams, splitting from take that. <laughs> so that's it for now in terms of regular episodes. Yeah. There might be some one-offs here and there, and I think we might have a think about what we want to do moving forward yeah whether we try and get things more focused on every episode what do you mean focus we're always focused well in terms of like at the minute we've had all these ideas some behind the scenes info here folks we've had all these ideas for like topics of the week which never really got covered kind of thing so do do we want to kind of have it as we concentrate just on a different thing each week? Or do we want to keep it as the general, here's the news, here's a quiz, here's a chat, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's going to, what works well, better. You, if you want to listen to this and you have ideas, do let us know. Yeah, yeah abso- absolutely. We're always, li- we're always open to feedback. So we, we're going to see what we want to do going forwards in terms of if we want to change how it's done, etc., etc. But we will be back. But we're just not quite sure when. Agreed. But for and, now, and, it's, and it's not a bad thing. Oh no 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 no. No, we're, we're, we're obviously Mark and I still on good terms. We still talk. Oh, it's just okay. the time commitment. It's just impossible. It, it can get a bit hairy sometimes, in terms of. We can get a bit it. hairy. Ha- yeah, I've never heard of that phrase before. 
No, I said you can't. You get a bit hairy. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said airy. No, no. Hairy. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just in terms of like, it can be a bit of a rush, right? To kind of record, find a time we're both available, record it, then do the editing, blah, blah, blah. And it can get a little, yeah. So close to the wire. Yeah. Close to the wire. So I think, and we've both got stuff going on outside of this as well in the real world. Yeah. Dull, boring, we're in the real world. So let's just have a bit of a break, bit of a breather, and then we will see. Ah, you did it. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say we'll see you soon, like I always say. Oh, no. I'll leave that for you. (laughs) So, yes, listeners, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon.